Wednesday, March 8th, 2017. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by ShopForKisses.org, the online shopping network of the Kisses for Kyle Foundation. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chachesco. Chet, the free agent market opened today in the NFL, and so far, no moves from the Eagles. The Sixers are a mess, as you know. And I got to see the Phils yesterday on a beautiful day in Lakeland, and the Flyers are fighting for their playoffs' lives. We're going to talk a lot of hockey tonight with our special guest. Yes, we are, Bill. That guest, of course, being a legendary Flyer who happens to be their third all-time leading scorer. So it's important that we give him a proper welcome. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, before we get started, we want to again welcome both of our new sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House. And LuLaRoe, Taylor, and Heather, two Philly Press Box radio family. We enjoy having them. So with that business taken care of, let's get it rolling and welcome our special guest, Brian Prop, back to the Philly Press Box radio roundtable. Brian, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, Brian, it's Chet. And before we talk hockey, we do want to talk a lot of hockey. We want to talk to you about your uh, health situation right now at the top. You were on the show with us on August 1st of 2015, I then talked with you briefly at Carl's Cards on August 29th of 2015. And then just a few days later, in early September, you had a life-altering event at your home. Now, for those who don't know the story, tell us what exactly happened. Uh, So I had AFib, and what happened was that a clot went into my heart, into my brain. And as a result, uh, you know, I I had a massive stroke. And uh, I was on vacation with my family and uh, and just uh, fell out of bed, uh, you know, just lost a couple teeth and I couldn't talk and my whole right side wasn't working. So it was kind of scary, but, uh, you know, thankfully I'm uh, doing a little better now. Yeah, now tell us about the recovery effort. What exactly, you know, have they done to help you get better and how close are you now to being the same guy you were pre-stroke? Uh, well, it's been a year and a half, and I've uh, you know been doing a lot of different things. Uh, you know, at the at the beginning, uh, a week and a year and a half, like I, I couldn't couldn't talk for three months. So I still have aphasia, uh, which means that uh, I have trouble uh, putting sentences together. Uh, but uh, I, I'm working with uh, a speech therapist each week, and it's uh, coming along a little bit nicer. Uh, so. You know, that, that's pretty good. Uh, that, that helps me because uh, I'm out a lot and uh, talking to different people. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, my right hand and fingers don't work uh, that much at all, so I have trouble, uh, you know, dressing, and uh, I can't cut uh, food with my hand, and I can't uh, write with my right hand and type. Uh, so it's just uh, you just have to get used to uh, finding something else to do. 
Well, Brian, as, as we mentioned to you off the air before we came on, and, and I want to say it on the air as well, you know, we, we tried to have you back a little while ago, and uh, you weren't quite up to it. And the fact that you are up to it certainly certainly shows uh, great improvement on your part and uh, cannot say thanks enough for coming on with us tonight. Yeah, so, like, it's uh, it's been pretty good because, uh, you know, other than just my right hand and fingers, like, like I still have uh, both feet work well. My left side works okay. So that means that I can still skate and play hockey, which I love. I've been doing that, uh, you know, for eight months. Uh, I skate a couple uh, times a week in Pensacola Skate Zone with a group of guys called Morning Hockey League. We always have two goalies, five aside, and a couple shares, subs. Uh, so it's it's good for me just to kind of uh, you know talk with them and rub uh, you know talk about their, what what they're doing and and these guys aren't that good so you, you, I might even have a chance to score once in a while. <laughs> well, very good. Hey Brian, I, I wanted to say to you uh, before we get talking about the Flyers and you uh, you make a lot of Facebook posts and you're at a lot of flyers events and and have a lot of pictures and stuff like that you you seem like you're as big a flyer fan or as big a hockey fan even as an ex-player as chet and i are as just just regular fans you you just really seem to love the game and it shows all the time yeah well uh you know i i, I played there for 11 years and uh, i did the radio for nine years later and uh, so, like, I, I've been working with the Flyers, you know, for over 20 years. And um, and now this last season, I've been the ambassador for the Flyers every home game with Bernie Pratt. We visit suites and uh, before the games. And so uh, that's been, been really nice for me because I know so many people and companies, uh, you know, that's just, just nice nice to say hello and, and meet them again. But yeah, as you said, like um, yeah, I'm pretty active. I, I do a lot of charity work, and uh, you know, with uh, with all the things that are going on, I, I, I usually take a lot of pictures and post them. Not too many, but uh, you know, just just do one a day, and then hopefully the, the people won't get tired of seeing me. Oh, they're great. Hey, Brian, you, you mentioned uh, that you can't write with your right hand. Uh, we work occasionally with a friend of the show, Steve Switkowitz. I know you know Steve, and he, in fact, told me that you do sign autographs with your left hand right now. So how tough was it learning to write with your left hand? Well, pretty tough because uh, I was a, a mess uh, signing with my left hi- left side. But uh, I'm usually uh, – thankfully, I have a short name, and, uh, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I'm pretty neat. So, like, people can always read uh, what I'm signing. And, uh, you know, but that's, uh, you know, just it's a little more character that I have now. Hey, how cool was it stepping on the ice and playing a bit in that Flyers-Penguins alumni game back in January? Yeah, that was awesome uh, because I haven't seen a couple of other guys, like, for a couple of years, like uh, Tim Kerr. I haven't seen him for a while. Uh, Dave Poole, and it was nice to have him there. I've seen him to a couple uh, things that we went uh, but uh, the five different uh, generations that uh, gave me meant uh, meant so much. It was it was a lot like the Winter Classic of 2011, where uh, all the people who the different ages wanted to see the people, and that's why it was nice to have Clark and Leach and Barber there. You know, I think that they might be thinking about hanging hanging it over uh, hanging it out. Uh, but we have another game on March 18th with uh, uh, Flyers against Pittsburgh alumni at Reading. So that'll be another good uh, 
thing for me to go. Hey, Brian, sliding over to the, the current day Flyers are uh, fighting for their playoffs lives again. There's uh, 65 games played so far, so only 17 left. They're three points out of this last spot. They they got a big win last night and actually a big point against the Caps the game before. Um, and they're at Toronto, who they, they really have to get those two points tomorrow night. Does this team have enough to push into the playoffs? Uh, Steve May playing pretty well here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they've been playing well, and the goalies have been uh, holding themselves along. And but um, you know we, we have a couple of guys that uh, re- returned from their injuries, and so that makes a difference too. Because you, as you know, like the, the couple of rookies that uh, you know they they scored a couple of goals in, in Buffalo, and it was nice for 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 me to see uh, all the plus uh, like players that were we we scored six times, but five on five we have uh, trouble with that. So it's nice to see all of these new players kind of chip in. Hey, Brian, we mentioned Steve Mason is playing pretty well in goal. Ironically, he started playing regularly again about a week and a half ago, just about the same time the Flyers gave a two-year contract extension to Michael Neuvert, the other goaltender. Um, is there a tie in there? Do you think Mason's, you know, playing for a contract right now? Or is, you know, he just uh, a guy who gets hot in March like he did last year? Uh, I think it's a, a bit of a, a little of each uh, because uh, Noidvoy, you know, signed a new contract, and uh, and uh, Mason, like he's, uh, he, I think that he wants to get another one. But uh, you know, there's competition there, and uh, so we'll just have to see how how it goes from there. But if he continues to play well, we should we should get in the playoffs. Hey Brian, Chet and I have had this debate a couple times uh, here on the show. Regarding Dave Hackstall's handling of the youngsters, Gossas Bear and Connecty in particular, but kind of rotating guys as healthy scratches, and uh, you know, I thought I thought uh, Coach's description uh, or explanation of that was pretty good. That what people don't realize in this league, you don't get to practice much because you're always playing, and that these guys are actually learning more by not playing. And along with that, not making mistakes during games that are costing the team. You, what, what side of the coin do you fall on there? Yeah, well, if, if they're not playing that well, we have uh, like six or seven uh, defensemen that could could uh, slide in every once in a while. So uh, I think it was a good listening, uh, learning uh, for Gustavo, like uh, because he's been like minus twenty or twenty five. So. You know he has to make sure that he's playing a little better that way. Uh, but you know he's a, a talented player and he's good on the power play, and so that's where we're going to need him uh, down the stretch. Hey, speaking of the young guys, Brian, uh, rookies Travis Konecki and Ivan Provorov have had their ups and downs this year, but I think both of them do have a lot of potential. What's your take on these two now twenty-year-old kids? Well, Prevalon has, has been doing so well. I think he's the, the Flyers' best defenseman all year. Uh, he's big and strong. He, he and he's learning uh, quickly, and uh, you know he hasn't been uh, missing a lot of games. But you know he's cool uh, and he just uh, handles the puck pretty well, and he's good defensively. So it's hard to find people like that. But uh, you know it's been his rookie season, and I think that he's come along very, very well. Brian, it seems like. Uh... 
I don't know if it's just that I don't like Mike Milbury like most other Philadelphia fans, <laughs> but he seems to have making made Claude Giroux uh, a bit of his whipping boy lately. And I think you know for the for the stats wise, Giroux is probably having maybe his worst season statistically. But uh, is it fair to pick on the captain? That uh, do you feel like he really just isn't playing quite as well as he has in the past? Uh, yeah, because I, I've noticed that he hasn't uh, contributed that much, and uh, you know, it's uh, it, it hurts because you know he needs to get hot and he, he'd be a leader. Uh, you know, uh, Simmons uh, is always a effort right there, and uh, Vertrick, you know, works hard, and so like everybody works hard, but it's just been a little dis- disappointing for uh, Claude. So like, uh, hopefully he gets hot the last uh, last games that we ha- we've played because uh, we, we need him to, to be ready to go in the playoffs. It was nice seeing those six goals in the Tuesday night win over the Sabres, Brian. But um, before that, the Flyers have struggled lately scoring goals. Does this team need more offensive firepower? Well, I, I think they need another strong uh, sniper uh, because uh, if they get shut down on the power play, it, it, you know, it doesn't really help. Uh, I mean, they, they haven't scored a lot on their power play lately either. So that, that, uh, that hurts because, you know, now when it, it, it's getting close to the end of the season, you have to win the, the, uh, the low-scoring the low, low games, and uh, the power play could really make a big difference. Hey, Brian, how, how hard is it as a player, and I'm sure this probably didn't happen to you very often, you were in a pretty good position, uh, but how, how hard is it in the, in the dressing room when the trade deadline's coming and a, guy, a lot of guys think they might be moving or staying and so much uncertainty, is it, does it really have a, take a toll on the, on the, on the locker room? It only it depends on uh, what, the, what, what the player is. I mean, uh, when we played in the, in the 80s, we had good leaders, and uh, we were always uh, the better, the best team out there. So, you know, we we didn't really hear the rumors rumors that were going on. We just wanted to play and and stay as a a, a team. Uh, but you know, it, it 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 makes sense, you know, for people to more more be, have some trades. I mean, uh, Hexy has done a nice job of uh, balancing the, the the you know the the pay that they ha- they have to have and. Um, you know, it's just uh, I, I like what Hexy is doing. He's, uh, you know, sticking by his gums and the guns and, and, you know, bringing the young guys up. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that will really make a big difference down the road. Proper, I want to get back to the goalie situation. As we said, Mason playing well right now. Neuvert got the new contract. They have Anthony Stolarz waiting in the wings. They have some other guys like Alex Lyon, you know, waiting to come up. Who do you see being the Flyers goaltenders come this October? Uh, well, it depends because if Neuvert, uh, you know, is, is is playing, and you know, and uh, it, the, the expansion expansion could make a difference too, right. because you know maybe one of these goalies might not be here either. So uh, I'm not sure what Ron is thinking about, but uh, you know, there, there's decisions to be make made yet. Uh, so like, you know, but it's nice that uh, we have two two really good goalies, and uh, you know, they could each stop in be the number one and uh that, that that's that's really good for us hey have you seen much of the young guys like stolars or uh, alex lyon uh you know have you seen much of them do you know how good these guys are or how good they're gonna be 
Well, I just saw Stolarz, uh, like because he had a shutout, and then he he played really well right. when he had a chance to to be there. Uh, he's he's tall. He he covers a lot of the net, um, and the the Fa- Phantoms have been uh, doing really well this year too. So, you know, it's it's good because they get to play more, and and with the more you play, the better you get. Uh, so, like it, it just depends on on what he's going to be used. Hey Brian, in the in the uh, last off season, the Flyers lost their owner, Mr. Snyder, and as a longtime employee of the club, uh, certainly you must have a favorite or a couple favorite uh, Ed Snyder stories. Anything you'd like to share with us? Yeah, well, he was uh, he was loved by all of the people that were there, and that's why we have so many people that live uh, work with the organization. Still, I mean, whether it's scouting or front end, front evidence and uh, and playing and scouting. And so, uh, you know, but, you know, he always cared about everything that was going on. He always said hello and he, he had a good word, word to say. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, I just know that, I, you know, when I was playing for the, the Flyers and, and, and I, I lost uh, three finals with them, it was disappointing, but uh, you know he still backed us up and uh, backed it up, backed us up and and always said uh, you know hi listen you know we appreciate how you've been playing and we just uh, hope that we can win another Stanley Cup. Hmm. Hey, proper. You mentioned you're working these days as an ambassador with the Flyers. I guess that entails meeting and greeting lots of fans and that sort of thing. Uh, what do you do at a typical Flyers game or you know beyond? Uh, so, like, I, we, I'm usually there for a couple hours ahead, uh, you know, with Bertie Pront. You know, we have a coffee, and then and then we uh, meet uh, the fans and sign autographs, and then uh, then then we're then we're ready for the first inter- first period because we visit suites in the first period, and uh, we, you know we have a lot that we uh, stop in and say hello, taking pictures and telling stories, and you know having a chance to to talk with uh, with all the, the companies. So it, I love it. You know, I, I'm really fortunate that I'm uh, working with the Flyers. I mean, they're such a great organization, and I and I and I love that uh, they gave me the chance because they, I know my speech is getting a little better. But you know, at the start it wasn't uh, that good. But uh, you know, just by being there and saying hello to all the people and uh, telling good stories, uh, the, the people like to hear them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, hey Brian. One one last uh, question from me, and I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, as you mentioned, you played on some really good Flyers teams, and you played with some real, really good leaders too, and really good players. Do you have one of those teams that was actually your favorite team? Maybe it wasn't even the best team you were on, but your favorite team. And did you have a favorite teammate, a guy that just, you know, you would jump off the bridge for? Oh yeah, that, that would have been uh, Brad McCrimmon because uh, Brad McCrimmon and I grew up together in Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, he died uh, six years ago in the, in the blood flood crash. But uh, we played junior hockey together for three years, along with Ray Allison. And I know Ray Allison; I see him uh, all the time. He lives at Cherry Hill and works there. Uh, but Brad McCrimmon was was uh, such a good leader and a captain for us. Uh, I mean, he was. He was uh, uh, amazing, and uh, and of course Mark Howe. You know the two of those guys were plus eighty five every year, and uh, you know that was that was amazing too. But uh, 
know, having those two guys uh, as my friends really makes a difference for me. Fantastic. Well, hey, Brian, I think uh, we have used up all your time. So I guess uh, one final question. Do the, do the Flyers have enough push here to make this playoff run so we get a little extra hockey? Yeah, I think so because uh, they, they did it last year, and I think that uh, they'll be ready to go again. And uh, they're only three points out. Uh, you know, they get they get in a good run like they did uh, last a uh, couple months ago, where they didn't uh, have to, you know, nine at ten in a row. And yeah, and so you know they're they're still right there, and uh, they're they're talented, and and uh, they they don't give up much. Uh, they're tough to play against, and so I think it will be there right now. Fantastic. Well, hey, Brian, we certainly want to appreciate or want to thank you for uh, for coming on. We appreciate it, and uh, you sound like you're making great progress, and uh, we are so happy for you. And when you're you're back at 110 percent, let's get you back on again. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be playing the uh, alumni game against the Pittsburgh in uh, March uh, 18th, so that that'll be fantastic. Great hearing from you again, Brian. Hey. Great here right. from you. Go Flyers. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank take you. Take care. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a break from the sports talk right now to chat with the bar manager at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, Chris Gaskill. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chet. Hey, it's March, so with lots of college basketball on tap, not to mention a certain holiday on the 17th, it is a busy month, I'm sure, at the Rover. What do you have on the calendar the next week or two? Yeah, we're buzzing here. We are really excited for March Madness. You know, we have 18 big screen TVs to watch it on. And then, of course, St. Paddy's Day is right around the corner. It's our favorite time of year. We are loaded next week. We are celebrating all week long. We've got Jameson Night on Tuesday with tons of samples and giveaways. Wednesday night is our Guinness Night. The guys from Guinness will be here giving stuff away. And then, of course, all leading up to the big day on the 17th, tons of corned beef and cabbage, Irish dancers, green beer, you name it, we got it. Daily food specials, 24 beers on tap, and all of those NCAA basketball games and Flyers hockey on the 18 TVs, right? Absolutely. You can't miss anything here. I love it. Great food, great pub. It's the Irish Rover Station House, 1033 South Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Find them on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chet. Fantastic. Thanks, Chet. Hey, let's talk some free agent football, or in the Eagles' part, lack of moves so far. You know, in this time of the year, so the the ugly business side, when when a guy who has been in Dallas for as long as he's been, and uh, all of a sudden it looks like Tony Romo is just going to get flat out released. Brandon Marshall is a giant. It looks like the Redskins might lose both Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson. It's a crazy time of year, my friend. Yeah, it sure is, Bill. Uh, Tony Romo, soon to be an ex-Cowboy. He's apparently getting released by Jerry Jones and company. And he's rumored, by the way, to be heading to either Denver or Houston, we shall see. As you noted, Brandon Marshall staying at MetLife Stadium, but leaving the Jets in favor of the Giants. And Pierre Garçon looking to be getting a nice deal to join the cash-rich 49ers, who, rumor has it, might also end up with Pierre's longtime quarterback, Kirk Cousins. We shall see there. A lot of fun stuff for sure. Meanwhile, a slew of rumors and speculation regarding the birds, but nothing even close to official as we speak here Wednesday evening at, oh, 7.23 p.m. or so. Yeah, and I did see uh, just before we came on that Bobby Hoyer, the Cleveland Browns quarterback also signed with the 49ers, so I don't know that that uh, 
that means that Kirk Cousins is staying put or what exactly that means. But uh, interesting time of year, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with the Eagles. Supposedly, Brandon Cooks, uh, the Saints were offered a uh, – the uh, 18th pick in the draft, and they turned it down. So they're not going to go down easy if the the Eagles are trying to make a move with the Saints. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I find that hard to believe that they would turn down that deal, uh, an 18th pick. I just don't believe it. Um, I know they value Cooks, but uh, they got to really be playing hardball if they think they're going to get more than that. I think for the Eagles, the Eagles don't want to give up their number 14 overall pick, especially with the draft being in Philly. I think they want to hold on to that number 14 pick. I'm hoping that they could get Cooks, though, if they really want him, you know, for a second-round pick and a player like a Michael Kendricks, who's certainly going to be gone. Yeah, well, and I think that's the first thing we have to see is how much space are they going to be able to clear out and, and clear out some cap room. Um, but, you know, the, that wide receiver core just doesn't – you know, make me want to open my checkbook like crazy. And, you know, unless you can get a guy that can run a 4-3-3, uh, you know, maybe you get a guy like that. But, geez, you're talking about spending an awful lot or giving up an awful lot for guys that I'm not sure are going to be your pro Bowl marquee kind of guys. Yeah, I mean, there's been just so many rumors the last few days, but who knows, you know, how much truth there is to any of them. Um, I do think the, the uh, Eagles will sign a free agent wide receiver. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey because they're not going to spend that much money. We know now it's not going to be Garcon. Um, I think the Deshaun Jackson uh, possibility is fading fast. So it's going to come down to one of these other guys, you know, Kenny Stills, Kenny Britt, um, if they can get the Brandon Cooks deal done. We shall see. I do think they're going to get somebody, though, via either free agency or the trade for Cooks and draft one or two wide receivers as well. And you know they're going to be picking up a cornerback or two, probably a couple of cornerbacks in the draft. And if they get a cornerback in free agency, I think I said this last week, I don't think it's going to be one of the you know top-of-the-line guys. There aren't that many of them available anyway in free agency. I think it's going to be more of a, a second-tier guy because from what we understand, it is a very deep draft for cornerbacks. So I think they will take a cornerback in the draft with a first-round or second-round pick or maybe even a third-round pick. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think, uh, I think if I were them, I would I would go make maybe a little bit of a push and try to get a try to get a good receiver without having to spend too awful much for him. And the only way I'm not taking a DB in the first round is if I or at that 14 spot is if I could possibly trade back. If I could trade back a little bit, still get the DB in the DB rich draft. And maybe get that second round pick back that we that we lost in the uh, trade last year. Then maybe I'm ready to move back, pick up two players. Maybe you get a wide receiver in the second round. Maybe you get another DB in the second round. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. You know, there was another rumor that they might even be willing to trade Jordan Matthews right now. That's another one that's hard to believe. I know that he's going to demand a fairly big payday, I guess, after this year, but. They're so thin at wide receiver. I just don't see how they could afford to give him up. Um, I, I think they're going to keep Matthews. The other thing was um, talk of maybe trading the backup quarterback, Chase Daniel. Hey, if somebody wants to make you a deal for Chase Daniel, I say go for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're <laughs> going to get, uh, you know, if nothing else, I mean, he's got a big salary. If you were able to dump the salary, yeah. that would be one thing. Uh, but if you could get somebody to help, um, Carson, you know, Carson looks like he's 
going to be here to stay unless he gets injured somehow. Um, but even at that, uh, you know, if you had to go to Chase Daniel full-time, if Carson did go down or something like that, you're probably in pretty big trouble anyway. So if you had a younger guy backing him up or even a, you know, a, a mid, mid-aged backup quarterback, you'd probably be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carson Wentz is the man. They're going to build around him. He's not going anywhere, and it doesn't really matter who the backup is. If Wentz does get hurt, certainly you want to have a guy who can jump in there. Um, But let's hope for the best with Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know, one guy that I am kind of interested to see how it plays out is Benny Logan. You know, there's talk about Logan going uh, or being let go for salary cap reasons. He's one that I kind of want to see. And the other one I want to see is Doriel Green Beckham. Are, you know, are they, are they cashed in on him? Is he, you know, did he disappoint him to the point that they'll cut him loose? Or can he develop into what they think, uh, well, what everybody thought he was when he was a beast at the college level? Yeah, he's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I would have thought they would have cut him by now if they were going to cut him, but if he's back, he's got to prove himself right away or he's gone. The other guy, of course, Nelson Aguilar, will be back because it would just be you know, cost-effective to keep him around because you're not going to cut him because it doesn't really help you with the cap situation because he's a big cap hit whether he stays or goes. So Nelson Aguilar is going to be back for better or worse. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, though, as far as depth among the wide receivers. You know they're going to get a couple of guys, but DGB may or may not be back he has so much potential, but we just didn't see it for more than, you know, maybe three or four plays last year. He's got the height. You would have thought they would have used him more in the red zone than they did. He just didn't seem like a guy who wanted to go out and get the ball. So that's why you'd say, you know, let's just move on from him and get a guy like Mike Williams or whatever if he's available. Yeah, and I'm with you. Um, just just don't know that uh... – there's going to be enough guys to fill all the holes they have at that receiver spot because, I mean, realistically, they've got one receiver they can play in this league, and that's Jordan Matthews. I, and I'm with you. I don't see them trading him. They're not going to get they, – they, they have just way too many holes at that spot to get rid of a guy like him, even if somebody was willing to give them a first, which they're not. Um, I just can't see them moving him. So there's, But there's an awful lot of holes. But, hey, I wanted to hitch up on one other thing, and, uh, and, and that's Tony Romo. You know, we, of course, as Eagles fans, we certainly uh, don't want to think much of Tony Romo, but he's done a pretty good job down there. And, you know, we went through this a few years ago with, with Donovan McNabb and with Brian Dawkins and Brian Westbrook, actually, where, you know, here's a guy that's been your franchise for 10 or 12 or 14 years, whatever it's been, and you are cutting him loose, and you're not even getting the case of beer for him. Yeah, well, he's 37 now, and they have a quarterback who is, you know, clearly the number one guy now in Dak Prescott. So it makes sense. You know, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Let him go on and try to win something with Denver or Houston or wherever he's going to go for the next year or two. And I wish him the best. You know, he's a cowboy, so you automatically hate him. But I don't think he's a bad guy in all reality. So what the heck? I hope he does finish his career strong, maybe even, you know, win something. I can't believe I'm saying that about a cowboy, but what the heck? He's been a good soldier. Jerry Jones, you know, had a lot of uh, love for the guy, so I'm sure that's pretty tough for Jerry Jones to do to part ways with Tony Romo. Um, But it it does make sense, because he's not going to play unless Prescott gets hurt, so 
give him an opportunity, let him move on. And the big thing with Romo, of course, especially now that he's 37, is can he stay healthy? When he's healthy, he's still a very high-quality quarterback. But, again, it's if he can stay healthy. Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that this is a business, and it's a cold business. And, you know, in our world, this is like the the 52-year-old person being – being laid off after being there for 30 years. You know, that, yeah, that's there. what this kind of reminds <laughs> me of. I've been there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Just, yes. it, it's just not, it's not pretty. It's a shame. But uh, eh, hopefully uh, he'll land on his feet, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Good All luck, right, Tony. hey, let's shift over. What's that? I said, good luck, Tony. All right. Well, hey, I <laughs> wanted to uh, talk some Sixers with you and uh, – but I'm not even sure where to start. Let me just go with train wreck because uh, we've used that word around here before in uh, regarding the Sixers, and you and I seem to disagree on that. Can we just skip talking about the Sixers this week, Bill? Come on. I'm trying to fight off a pending depression, and talking Sixers won't help matters. Let's just, if we can, fast forward to September when we have, hopefully, a healthy Joel Embiid, a healthy Ben Simmons, a continuing to improve Dario Saric coming off what I think will be a Rookie of the Year award, and a brand-new guard courtesy of a first-round draft pick. Let's just move ahead to September, please. Well, you know what? You can't. (laughs) You just can't. Because you know what, it's you know what we have talked about this, and we we've said how the players are playing. The players are are trying to play. Now they've come back three games in a row. Well, they went from four centers down to one, and the one is was playing in the D League a month ago or two months ago. Um, they've dismantled that whole thing, and and now Okafor, we don't know what's going on with him. He's He's out for the season. Now, he's not out for the season. He's on the trip. Is he going to play? Is he not? Is it more more of the shell game? And are they, you know, have we gone back into tank mode again? Are we going to start playing for a draft pick? Well, they're not intentionally in tank mode, but they just don't have the guys right now. They traded away Nerlens Noel. You know I liked Nerlens, despite what you know Fred, Hugh, uh, Fred Hugo and these others say. I think Noel was the much better fit than Okafor. But he's gone now, and Okafor can't seem to stay healthy. He's got the knee issue. Um, Rashawn Holmes has played well at times, but, yeah, as you said, he's a guy who hasn't played much this year. He was in the D-League himself rehabbing a while ago. So, yeah, they had this log jam at center, but now Embiid is out for the year officially. Um, Okafor, as you said, hasn't been able to play the last few games, and so they've gotten slaughtered a couple of times lately. They lost by 30 the other night. It's not pretty right now, let's face it, but they're not in official tank mode. I mean, not on purpose. It's just that they don't have the guys right now, so they're going to lose a lot of games. And Okafor, you know, while his knee may be sore, I think he may be also feeling a little bit of the effects of the social media hit that he took last week from that clip that was shown all over the place last week of him not playing defense on that one play. And, boy, that was pretty embarrassing. A couple of guys just go around him without putting your hands up, without bending your knees. That was not a good move on Okafor's part. No, and uh, boy, that that was ugly. You know, there, there's, yeah, really there's just no explanation for for what happened there. You know, but it, you know, and uh, I feel bad for the people like Fred, who I know is a season ticket holder, and he he was down there this weekend. He, he you know, you're watching the same thing you've been watching for the last couple of years, and and this team is now 
going in the opposite direction and they're getting blown out every week and or, yeah. or every night and it's uh it's just not fun to watch and uh you know we went from trust the process to now we're playing for draft picks and that's that's just sad i still do trust the process i know yeah i know you were going to ask me that i still do trust it Intentional. They are not intentionally tanking. They did not expect Okafor to still be battling the knee pain that he's battling. They did not expect to have all these other injuries. They expected Simmons to be back by now. I truly believe that. Um, and, you know, Embiid, I think the plan was for him to, you know, continue to play. And then it just got worse and worse on his part. So I don't think this was part of the plan. This is not really part of the process. This is just an unfortunate situation that has them where they are right now, getting blown out occasionally because they just don't have the talent to put on the floor. Occasionally. You are so kind, my friend. I'm a kind man. (laughs) Well, we'll see how this thing plays out, but it's sure not looking very good. And uh, we'll see. What what is the win total right now? 23, I believe. 23, which, by the way, which, by the way, is more than you and I thought. We predicted 20 in your case. I said 22, and that was with both of us expecting to see Simmons in the second half of the year. So they're actually playing better than you and I thought they would back in October when we made our predictions. We didn't know, you know, if Embiid was going to last the season. He didn't. He did play 31 games, though. But we both expected Simmons to, you know, be around for most of the second half of the year anyway. He hasn't played a lick, and they still won 23 games. So I say Brett Brown, coach of the year. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Oh my goodness! We'll we'll just we'll pretend that 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 comment didn't even happen. <laughs> Jason Kidd actually said that. Jason Kidd said something very similar the other night because he knows what the Sixers are going through, and he mentioned the fact that the Sixers have won 23 games with you know all these problems. So, yeah, he, I'm sure he didn't really mean it either, and I don't either. But I think Brown has done an admirable job given the situation that he's been put in, thanks in part to management. Well, you know, and, and one one final comment on that is regarding Brett Brown is, you know, I'd like to know who's making the decisions. I mean, is Colang- does Colangelo – well, back when everybody was healthy, I mean, and they had Noel, does Colangelo say, Okafor doesn't play tonight, Holmes doesn't play tonight, this is a Noel-Okafor uh, game, uh, you know, were, were Brown's hands tied on those decisions, or how how did that all go down? I don't think we'll ever know the true answer to that, but I really think that Brown was left in the dark a lot of the time. He was hung out to dry. I think management did not fully communicate with him about the situation, and then they let him go and speak to the press all the time, the media. So I kind of feel bad for Brett Brown because I think he was hung out to dry on a lot of occasions by management, not telling him what the real situation was. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Boy, it, it doesn't look good. We're playing for that pick, though. Well, hopefully we'll that actually will get be a one benefit, you know. If you get a number four pick and maybe get the Lakers pick at number five or whatever, I don't know where they are right now, but they're kind of on the borderline, then it's all going to come down to the ping-pong balls. Sixers could end up getting picks at, you know, number three and number four or number four and number five or number two and number four, whatever. Um, they're going to get at least one pick in the top five. We know that, I think. So they've got to get it right. Yeah, as long as they don't draft two more big guys and say they don't don't know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor, ShopForKisses.org, the online shopping network of the Kisses for Kyle Foundation. 
By logging on to www.shopforkisses.org's website, you become connected to over 3,000 stores, including all the big ones you already shop at. Every purchase may get your cash back, and each purchase benefits the Kisses for Kyle Foundation, which helps families dealing with childhood cancer throughout the Delaware Valley. Do you have any questions? Contact Bob Sullivan at bobsullivan.shopcom at gmail.com or give him a call at 484-319-8043. And, hey, Chet, I know that you, like I, are an old baseball guy. So what do you think these numbers mean? 53,380,301. 1,435,241. And three hundred and twenty-eight thousand four hundred and five. Easy one, Bill. And no, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's got something to do with the number of beers consumed by my friends and me in the parking lot at the Vet and Citizens Bank Park tailgating before Phillies games over the last thirty years. Yes, fifty-three million, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, in my All younger right. days, man, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Well, what, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. What those numbers are, my friend. Uh, they are saber metrics, okay? Whatever that means. Fifty-three million three hundred and eighty thousand three hundred and one metrics last season were distributed to all major league clubs from one million four hundred thirty-five thousand two hundred forty-one pitches thrown and three hundred twenty-eight thousand four hundred five balls put in play. Every team gets this data every night after each game. And the Phillies organization has now taken the plunge, Jet, by hiring a staff of five young MIT and Google, former Google-type employees with no baseball knowledge other than to be casual fans and make up the new R&D department while dumping several million dollars into this business. What do you think about the Big Bang Theory guys being part of the future of your team? Well, I do like the Big Bang Theory. It's one of my favorite sitcoms on TV, but I don't know. If it helps, I'm all for it. But does it help with anything? I have no clue. I still don't even know what a metric is, so I don't know. I mean, like I said, if it's a good thing, if it helps in some way, what the heck? Do it. Well, and I and I think that's what it's all about. If you, if you read about it, I just saw an article, and, and, uh, and it actually was in Philly.com, but it came out later today, so I didn't post it this morning, but... Uh, you know, it talks about this, and, and it's like they hire these these they call them nerds, so I'll call them nerds. They hire these nerds that don't know anything about baseball, and they try to mesh them with the people that do know baseball. But these people look at things from a completely objective point of view because they don't know anything about the game, and try to develop analysis from all these metrics and all these numbers. Now, to me, the ball still has to go over the plate, whether it's coming from the right side or the left, and somebody got to hit it where they ain't. That that hasn't changed. That I I just don't uh, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. So I I don't know what to say. I, I'm I'm not that smart. Okay, I can talk to my son about metrics, who he can talk to me about it. I can't talk to him about it because I'm just lost. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And, uh, you know, the, the article even went on to talk about how they uh, they developed a metrics on the catcher framing pitches. 
and how it became important that they were getting strike calls based on certain types of framings of pitches. So then they took it to the baseball guys and told them they needed to work on the catchers doing a better job of framing pitches so they could steal strikes. Now, for a couple no, million dollars, Chet, I could have told them that. <laughs> I'm with you. I see the ball, hit the ball, you know, but keep it simple. That's all I want to do. That's right. It's kind of like playing football. It still comes down to blocking and tackling. Exactly. Oh, uh, pretty, pretty funny stuff. And, hey, uh, Jeff, by the way, I mentioned at the top of the show, I did get to see the Phils in Lakeland yesterday, and uh, they put on quite a hitting show, as they have been all spring, and uh, hopefully that Matt Stairs is rubbing off a little bit on that. And uh, Mary and I got to spend the afternoon with uh, with our man Carl and Sue Henderson and Adam and his wife, uh, Sammy Jessic, Ed Chambers, Jim Laner. We were all there at the ball game, went out to dinner afterwards, 78 degrees and light clouds in Lakeland. And you, my friend, are coming down to get some of that soon as well. You betcha. I did see that you were hanging with Carl, Sue, Adam, Ed, and company. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. I know, yeah, the Phillies have been hitting well. That Brock Stassi has been on a tear, three homers. He had a grand slam yesterday. He's a guy to watch. And, yes, I will be down there exactly two weeks from right now for a couple of days taking in a Phil's-Yankees game in Clearwater on the 22nd. I can't wait. So promise me some of that 78-degree weather, please. Well, it'll probably be a little warmer than that in a couple of weeks. It's going to be warmer than that here in the next couple of days. So uh, I'm okay with the, that. I think you, you're probably in pretty good shape to have some good weather. And uh, I'll tell you, the Phil's are swinging the bats. And But but you, you certainly needed a lineup uh, scorecard to know who the players were because there were a lot of uh, – a lot of unknowns that played yesterday. No, that's what spring training is all about. But, yeah, like I said, I do like this Brock Stassi. Uh, he was the MVP, I believe, of the uh, Interna- or not the, the Eastern League two years ago when he played for Reading. And this kid can hit. So between him and some of the other sluggers that they had you know, last year, they got a bright future, I think. So I do think the future is bright for the Phillies, maybe not so much this year, but looking ahead to 2018 and 19. Yeah, and, and, you know, I want to tell you one thing about this game yesterday. Um, this is something that I have never seen in all the years that I've watched spring training. You know, spring training, a pitcher goes out there and he gets his inning in and off he goes. I swear, at least on the Detroit side, every pitcher was on a pitch count. And when they hit between 20 and 25 pitches, they were pulling them in the middle of the innings. There was wow. a pitch and change in the middle of every inning. The game took three hours and 50 minutes to play. It's, it's had to be the longest game I've ever seen in my life. And it was it was brutal to watch. Yeah. But they, they want to speed up the game. Stuff like that is not going to help. No, that's that's what I'm saying. It just, uh, you know, you're sitting there thinking, man, this thing just has to end soon. And, and they're throwing out guys, first of all, that aren't going to be big leaguers to begin with that are pitching the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. And then – they're getting hit around a little bit or they'll walk a couple guys. The next thing there are 24 pitches and they're going to get them in the middle of the inning. It was just, it was just brutal. Yep. I hear you. So get ready for that. When you get down here, maybe even closer to spring, the end of spring training, you know, maybe that'll clean itself up a little bit as the, uh, the roster players start getting a little more time, but boy, it was, it was, it was rough. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, hey, Chip, week five of random Q2 time. Time to get me back on the hot seat again for the fifth time. Uh, go ahead and explain again to any new listeners what we got going on. 
All right, Random Q2. That stands for questions times two or two questions. It's a fun 10-show experiment with me asking Bill two simple questions. The first question, always about a timely sports topic, while the second question will be one of 10 random questions already written down about whatever. So here's the deal. We're going to do the sports question first. It is March Madness time, Bill. How many pools will you likely enter, and how much research will you do? I will enter maybe two, maybe one, and maybe none. Uh, I do it. I do it with uh, friends. Might even run one this year since we ran the football pool. We've talked about that, but haven't been a lot of takers yet. Um, but as far as doing research, I don't really do any. I, I watch a little bit of the. Uh, of the tournaments, see who wins the tournaments, but uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's not my passion. Yeah, I'm going to enter are. one. The same. I watch them all. Yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, yeah. sure. I'm going to do one. The same one that I've been in the last several years. A guy that I used to work with runs it. He used to have like you know 20 or 30 people in it. Now he's got over 100 people. 10 bucks a head, so you're talking over a thousand bucks. And the winner last year won 700 and some, and then he gives you know second and third place money also. I finished somewhere around 60th, I believe. So I will not expect uh, a whole lot of money coming back my way this year. Ready for your second question? Go ahead. Your second question, Bill. I want you to pick a number from 1 to 10, excluding 1, 2, 8, and 10, because you've already used those numbers. So any number from 1 to 10, but not 1, 2, 8, or 10. Oh, let's go number 5. Number 5. This is a random, goofy question for sure. Bill, do you play or have you ever played any musical instruments? Not a one. Really? Not a one. Interesting. Not a one. Hmm. I always had wanted to but never took the time to learn to play the guitar. But Hmm. never did it. Never uh, actually maybe ten times in my life ever picked one up. But, uh. Hmm. No, never did it. Always was chasing yeah, a ball no, somewhere, for, playing playing ball yeah. someplace. I hear you. For me, I'm a huge music lover, as you know, but I played the piano for about two years when I was like six, seven years old and then gave it up. And then I played the trumpet for a while in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And then I gave that up. I always wanted to play the guitar, never got around to taking lessons and it's one of my big regrets in life. I know I'm not dead yet, and I can still do it, but it probably won't happen. Well, I'm with you. I, I would have liked to do it, but uh, just didn't get there. There you go. There's your random Q2 for week five. There you go. Hey, Ted, I mentioned to you, uh, as you know, I spent the weekend at the Valley Forge uh, Philly memorabilia show this weekend, working with my buddies Chip Brady and Matt Schwartz up there for the weekend. And what a great weekend for Philly sports fans. Donovan McNabb, Bobby Shantz, Seth Joyner, Brian Westbrook, Jordan Higgs, Rashad Holmes were all there, along with some others. And then Sunday topped off with Joel Embiid and Carson Wentz. And uh, they're posing for pictures together. And that's the future of what's happening in this city. And it, it was a great weekend for the fans. Yeah, and those last two guys you mentioned, Embiid and Wentz, just might own the city of Philadelphia if everything goes as we hope over the next few years. It was a fun weekend for you, too, Bill, based on what you posted on social media. I saw you got yourself a nice football helmet, and even though it's not an Eagles green helmet, it is, in fact, an orange one. I'm a little bit jealous. 
Well, the, you know, there was a long, kind of a long story to that, and uh, but uh, I've been looking for that Jim Brown uh, signed helmet for a long time. Years ago, I I met Jim Brown and I got a mini helmet signed by him in person. Uh, that was before the the full size helmets became a big thing, and uh, I thought, you know what, there's nobody better to get than Jim Brown, and uh, Chip's been looking for one for me, and. Uh, and I and I've been looking for as well, and sure enough, uh, he rounded one up for me, and it is now. Matter of fact, I'm I'm looking at it right here in the press box. Uh, it's that's a nice one. I saw the picture; it looks great. I'm a little jealous, like I said. So, congratulations. All right, thank you, my man. Thank you, Chip Brady. So, hey, speaking of the fans, Chad, PhillyPressBoxRadio.com still booming, and then we want to again say thank you to. Each and every one of you visits the site, and we mentioned we've added our new sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, and Lula Rowe, Taylor, and Heather join the, join the team with us, and we're excited about that. Of course, Carl's Cards, the collectibles, and Bob Sullivan's shopsave.com is still hanging in there with us uh, since the beginning, so we appreciate that. If you would, go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, and click on each of their displays to transfer to their website and check them out. And by the way, great folks in all cases, and I will be sure to make a visit to the Irish Rover at some point during the next week ahead of St. Patrick's Day because that's going to be a wild time. Oh, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. And, and March Madness is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Wait, Chet, surprise me. Who do we have lined up for next week's show? You always have something good going on there. Well, you know, part of this won't surprise you, Bill, because you actually lined up this one guest for next week. And I'm looking forward to it. She is a first-timer with us. She's something of a legend on the Philly sports scene, even though she's not an athlete. She's got a pretty famous father, and she does some of her best work 35 or 40 times a year at the Wells Fargo Center, where she sings the anthem and sometimes God Bless America at Flyers games. Of course, we're talking about Lauren Hart, so we'll have fun talking with her. But that's not all, Bill Furman. We have a second guest. Now, unfortunately, he's not able to join us live, but I will pre-tape an interview with him early next week. It's a guy who is a baseball expert and a nationally renowned author and reporter for ESPN. Worked in Philly for some 20 years. Before that, I'm talking about Jason Stark. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, let's just say this. I didn't know you, uh, you know, I got Lauren all lined up, but I didn't know you finalized that. And I certainly didn't know we were finalized on Jason. And man, we're going to have we're going to have some fun next week. Yeah, Jason said he's going to be watching the Phillies tomorrow. He hasn't seen too much in the spring, but he's going to watch them tomorrow. And uh, we're going to firm everything up. And I know he's going to be great to talk to. What a nice guy! Fantastic. Looking forward to it. And you know what? I'm I'm betting that Lauren Hart has her own set of stories as well. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. All right. Well, hey. Let's get to our signing update of Carl's Cards and Collectibles. Next up are private signings with Flyers legends Bobby Clark and Bernie Perron. Carl was able to extend the date to get those items to him uh, until March the 18th, Chet. So uh, time's getting close, but there is still time. And also, he just added for an in-store appearance the baddest Broad Street bully of them all, Dave the Hammer Schultz. So for all the details, go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com and click on the Carl's Cards and Collectibles banner at the top to go directly to Carl's website for all the details or stop by Carl's Cards and Collectibles at 22 West Eagle Road in Havertown, PA or give Carl a call at 610-789-4996. You can also contact Carl on Twitter at Carl's Cards. Now, when you call that 610 number, 
someone else is probably going to answer that because Carl is vacationing along with Sue down here in Clearwater. As I mentioned, I was with him yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Chesco, parting shot for you, sir. Yes, sir, Bill. The 76ers have done a lot of things wrong this season, as we discussed. The majority of those things off the court, not on. But the organization has also done something pretty great, paying tribute to the franchise's proud history. At a handful of Sixers home games this season, the organization held special nights in connection with the 50th anniversary of the team's 1967 championship, a team long considered among the NBA's best ever. And in the past month, the organization unveiled statues of two of that terrific team's stars, guard Hal Greer and sixth man extraordinaire Billy Cunningham, at the Sixers' new practice facility on the Camden waterfront. All these years later, Greer, who spent five years with the Syracuse Nats before his ten seasons in Philadelphia, is still the franchise leader in points with more than 21,000, field goals made, 8,500, and games played, 1,122. A ten-time All-Star, he averaged 19.2 points per game for his career. Cunningham, the kangaroo kid, averaged 20.8 points a game over his nine years with the Sixers, and then, of course, spent eight years as head coach, guiding them to the 1983 NBA championship. Like 1967 teammates Wilt Chamberlain and Chet Walker, Greer and Cunningham are Basketball Hall of Famers. So, kudos to the Sixers for honoring them with sculptures. Well-deserved. I only wish they made the statues life-size. They're on pedestals with the sculptures themselves about four feet high. But, hey, it is what it is. Again, well-deserved honors for Billy C. and Hal Greer. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Chet, I had my first in-person view of Carson Wentz this weekend at the Philly show, and I left even more impressed than I was before. You know he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league, unless something really crazy happens. This kid is going to be a star off the field as well. He handles himself like a seasoned veteran. He showed up early, talked to reporters, talked and took photos with Joel Embiid, and made every fan especially those paying good money for his autograph and photo, feel like they were meeting a friend. I'm looking forward to watching more of him on and off the field. The kid has star power. He sure does, and I hope he's uh, you know the guy we think he is because he certainly looks like he's got the tools, so he's going to be great to watch, we hope, over the next 10 years. Yes, he is. Can't wait. Can't wait. Good kid. Hey, Chet, we are already at the top of the hour, so let's go ahead and thank our special guest, Brian Prop, Irish Rover Station House, LuLaRoe, Taylor, and Heather, Carl's Cards and Collectibles, and ShopForKisses.org for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 15th, when we have both Lauren Hart and Jason Stark. You can listen through our new website, phillypressboxradio.com, our Facebook page, or on the Internet at www.blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or on both iTunes and Stitcher. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. And because we're entering Eagles free agency period, we end with this one.
never a bad time to listen to that, Chet. Never is. Have a good week. All weekend. right. You too. High hopes.